morning. It's so good to see everybody. Hope you all are doing well, blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. It's always funny when the mic goes out, everybody just stares at the pastor. What is she going to do? Who's in trouble? <laughs> I actually think it was user error. I don't think I had the button all the way on. Anyway, y'all doing good? How many is ready for a good word from the Lord? Before we go any further this morning, I do want to acknowledge someone very special in my life. Um, you guys know her, Ro. Where's Ro at? Are you hiding from me? Come on up here, Ro. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, yes, can we stand for Miss Ro? Up, 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 up. <laughs> It is her birthday, or was her birthday a couple days ago, and as you guys know, she is my personal assistant and all of your personal assistants too. You all have been touched in some beautiful way by this amazing woman of God, and we love you so much, and we just want to celebrate you today. Happy birthday. <laughs> all right, sweet. somebody help her down, please. All right. Well, I do maybe seated everybody. I do want to um, announce a couple things. Is don't forget this Wednesday is our midweek night of prayer, our first Wednesdays. So if you haven't been out for our prayer, come on out. And we have such a good time together just praying and praying for your families in the city. And God does always so many amazing things. And then one more thing, ladies, on Friday night, we have a free financial seminar for you girls. And we want you to come on out. We have a friend of mine that's coming um, who has birthed their own businesses. She's extremely successful in the marketplace. And she wants to teach you girls how to start your own businesses how to manage your finances, how to prepare financially for the future. Can somebody say amen? So come on out Friday night, 7 o'clock p.m. We're going to meet right in here, and uh, we're going to have a good time together. Amen? Well, I'm so glad to see all of you today. We are starting on week two of Detox the Soul. And if you missed the first week, I highly encourage you to jump online and listen to week one. Because God is really taking us through a cleansing of our soul so that we can be fully ready for what God wants in our life. I believe we're living in a time, and all of you can attest to this, where the enemy is hitting harder than he's ever hit before. And he's kind of hitting below the belt, isn't he? He's hitting in places that hurt and overwhelm us. And I believe God wants our souls to be healthy so that we can really see what God has for our life. And that's why I believe God wanted to hit that sorcery spirit in our life, not to condemn you, but just, just to remind us that our power and our wisdom has to come by the spirit of the Lord, amen, and not through palm reading and, and horoscopes and all those things that seem like we can play with them because the devil can make them look really tantalizing and at some point we can open up our soul to receive this oppression of the enemy and confusion and darkness that we can only receive peace from God, amen. So on part two today, my topic is called the heavy soul. Last week we talked about the restless soul. Today I want to talk to you about the heavy soul. And these are the things that were carrying the weights of the world. 
we're carrying the, the struggles and the things that we're going through, and we've got this heavy soul, and we're wondering why we can't really rise to be who God's called us to be. Have you ever felt like you're just walking through cement, like your feet is just in cement, and you're just like pulling along, trying to get through? And that could be the resistance of things in your soul that God wants to expose today so that we can just give it all to Jesus. Say, give it all to Jesus. Because you know what? There's nothing we can do with it anyway. Amen. Matthew 6 says, does worrying change one thing about it? You can't do anything in the natural. There might be some things, but overall, we've got to get everything off and give it to God and let God do what only he can do in this season. So let me remind you this morning, we are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. And it's the soulish part of us. It's, it's the, I call it the earth suit. You know, our, our body is the earth suit and we carry the soul, which is the temporary dwelling place that, that we live here on earth. And God wants to get to the soul and he wants to heal the soul. You know, we learn so much, especially in Arizona. Um, we learn to take care of our bodies. We detox, huh, Pastor Paul? We detox and we take the herbs and we take care of this earth suit, but that's going to wither away and die. God needs us to take care of our souls. So that we can be healthy body, soul, and spirit. Amen. So we need to detox the soul. I was reading this article this week, which makes sense in what we've gone through in the last year and a half of, of the world. But it says in our generation, it has the highest percentage rate of any generation that deals with low-grade constant depression. Low-grade constant depression. He's not talking, this article wasn't about clinically depressed, but just this low-grade constant depression. It's like this overwhelming feeling in the world, and maybe you felt this way before, like there's nothing really wrong, but there's nothing that's really right either. It's just like this, you can't put your finger on it. It's like you wake up every day with this little turmoil on the inside of you. Can anybody attest to that? And that's a heavy soul. And it's just like things may not be disastrous, but you're not really fully happy. And God wants to give you the joy of the Lord that is his strength. God wants to fill his church with joy and his people with joy and, and our, his church with the satisfaction of the joy of the Lord. Amen. And so many of us here this morning may be finding ourselves living in this life of dissatisfaction in our soul, and we've learned to just be content with it. We've learned to be, well, this is just the way that life is. How many of us has really perfected putting that smile on our face and being happy? And we should. We don't want to walk around because we know people will run from us if we're too cray-cray, right? But we also don't want to ignore that there's something in my soul that is hurting, there's something in my soul that is broken, whether it's a past failure or disappointment or a mistake or shame. Now, I don't believe that we just go digging for stuff because if you go digging, you'll probably find something. But what I'm asking is say, Holy Spirit, search my heart. And if there's something that's heavy on your soul that you can't find joy, that you can't find peace because as I taught last week, our peace and joy does not come from the satisfaction of the world. It's a temporary joy. We enjoy the things of life and our vacations and everything that we live in the pleasures of this world. But it doesn't heal the soul. And we need to say, God, is there something in my soul that needs to be given over to you so that I can really walk in joy and go through this world of trouble and it not touch me? That's why Psalms 23 is so 
though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. So we can go through all the disasters of the world and I can still have joy. I can still have a little dance in my step. I can still be happy. I can still be blessed and favored. Why? Because I am walking with Jesus. My soul is well with God, even though the world isn't. So let's look at Psalms 42, verses 1 through 3. This was a psalm of David that was yearning for God in the midst of distress. See, there has to be a yearning for God in our soul when things are distressed, when things are overwhelmed and troubling. What is your soul crying out for? Mine cries out sometimes for Oreo cookies. You know that's true. And I will go at them at midnight. Probably they make the packages smaller. Did you all know that? Like they can fool a real Oreo cookie eater. I know the size of that package. Same price, but it's like this big. So now I justified eating two rows because it's really just one row in the big package. <laughs> what is your soul longing for? Verse, 40, well, verse 1. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O oh God. The longing of that stream of refreshing is what our soul needs to long for God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when I can go and meet. When can I go and meet with God? David was saying, there's all this going on around me, but when can I find my refreshing from God? I'm not looking here, but I'm looking for that moment of the refreshing river of God to come across my life so that I can drink from that refreshing well. David is saying, my soul longs for you, God. But if you look at verse 3, he's saying, my tears have been my food day and night. He was distressed. He was discouraged. God, where are you? I know none of you have said that prayer, but I have said that out loud to God many times. Where are you? My heart is troubled. Why haven't you shown up? Where's the miracle? Where's the thing I've been trusting you for? He said, my tears have been all that I've consumed. While people say to me all day, where is your God? Boy, I feel like that in the kingdom of God right now. Where is God Almighty? Like, I cannot wait for the moment when the church of Jesus is going to arise. I'm telling you, the church of Jesus is going to be like a stealth attack here on the world. We're going to show up and rise up and they're going to say, where did that church come from? I'm not just talking about faith builders, but I'm talking about the church of Jesus that's going to arise out of nowhere. And they're going to begin to see the miracles, the signs, and the wonders of God. And the world's going to look with wonder. And they, they now, where they're laughing at the church saying, where is your God? We're going to put God on display, amen? But this is where David was troubled. The world is saying, where, where is the God that I love, that I long for? And he asked himself this question in verse 5. He asked himself this question. He said, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? David had to ask himself, I'm troubled. My soul is overwhelmed. When I was studying that word downcast, the word actually means to be crouched down, to be prostrating or in dis despairing. It's the picture of like a man that's just overwhelmed with so much going on in his life. And it reminded me of the story in 1 Kings of Ahab when um, Elijah prophesied there had been a drought in the world. 
And the king Ahab called on Elijah and said, I need God to speak. And God spoke and said, I'm going to water the earth again and the drought is going to stop. Now how many know it's so easy to get a word from God and get excited about it. Yes, the drought is over. Hallelujah. Revival's here. Praise the Lord. Miracles are coming. Thank you, Jesus. And we get that word from God. And so this is what happened in verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. And what a great word to get and give the king. Amen. What a great word. Don't worry about it, king. Eat, drink and be merry. God's going to show up on the scene. And then in verse 42, what, what happened? So Ahab, what did he do? He went, ate, drank, and he was happy. Didn't even think about it again because he believed the word of the Lord. He trusted the God of Elijah. But how many know, some of us that are carrying the God of Elijah, we get worried sometimes about the word of God. Is God really going to do what he said he's going to do? Is God really going to fulfill the promise that he said he's going to fulfill? Why aren't we going eat, drinking, and being merry? But what happened to Elijah? Then Elijah went up to the top of, of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. What is that? Why so downcast, oh my soul? He got the word from God. He got the promise of God. But his posture was downcast. He said, God, I hope you're going to fulfill what I just prophesied to the king, what you said. He was downcast in his soul. He was crouched in a position of unbelief, but yet still believing God at his word. See, your soul can be downcast, but it doesn't mean God is eliminating what he said because of what you feel. He had a posture of being downcast. His soul was worried. But what did, what did Elijah do? He stayed faithful to what God said. And he sent his servant out. He said, go. I mean, think about it. He got as high as he could, Mount Carmel. Like getting closer to the sky is going to help him see the promise more. I mean, think about how interesting that was. He's like, I got to get where I can at least see it far away. And he sent his servant out. Go see if there's even a cloud. And the servant's like, I hope there's a cloud. I cannot go back to Elijah because he is messed up right now. And then he came back, no cloud. Go look again, servant. But his head is still between his knees. Out goes the servant. Comes back, no cloud. Six times this happened. It's in this time where our soul is downcast, where we could give up, where we can throw in the towel, where maybe we won't go look that one last time. We've lost our joy and our peace and our faith and we're so crushed by the pressures of the world that we will stop looking for the goodness of God, for the breakthrough of God, through the promise of God. I'm telling you, church, I know what God is doing in the kingdom of God right now. I know what he's doing. I know revival's coming. I know that people are going to be touched. I know that lives are going to be changed, and we're going to see supernatural like we've never seen before. But I keep going out. Where is the cloud, God? I've been telling the people, faith builders, there's revival coming. Where's the cloud, God? Head between the knees, Jesus. Why? Because your soul can be downcast, but you don't give up on God. You don't give up. You don't give up. You keep looking, and you have your faith enacted, and you have your hope excited, and you have an expectation within your soul 
that no matter what it looks like, I know God, and I know he fulfills his promises. I know he is the great I am. I know he's the alpha and he's the omega. He knows everything in between. Hallelujah. I know that God. And even though my soul is troubled, so what did he say? Go look one more time. Seven times. Verse 44, and then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. That promise was small, but they were able to see what was in the supernatural manifest into the natural. So he said, this was so awesome, Elijah said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. Now what I want you to see here is the thing that they had been believing God and spoke by the word of the Lord took a long time. The waiting was long, but the manifestation was quick. Because when he saw the cloud, it was the size of a man's hand. But he, but he prophesied, he said, but you better go now because the rain is going to overtake you and stop you. Listen, when God begins to do it right now, it's going to happen now. It's going to be suddenly. It's going to be swift. Whenever you sow, you're going to reap a harvest of God. Whenever you're believing God and being faithful, God is going to overflow it in your life. Don't give up in the midnight hour. Say, soul, I'm going to be as the deer pants and I'm going to go after. God, I'm going to go after his word, amen, his promises, and I'm going to receive the refreshing of God in my life. Why? Because I have an expectation. I'm about to see a cloud, and it may be tiny, but I'm washing for it, hallelujah. And it's going to manifest in every area of my life because God does not let his kids down, amen. So why are our souls heavy? Number one, we're heavy with hurts from the past. We're heavy with these things that we cannot let go. Maybe it's the mistakes or the shames or the regrets. Maybe it's a marriage that failed or somebody that betrayed you, something that was unfair in your life. Has anybody ever had an unfair thing happen in your life? Many times. And maybe things that we're facing is something we did. Like we actually made mistakes that we're ashamed of. And we're allowing the past hurts to depict the heaviness of our soul today. When you've been forgiven. When the grace of God is there. Listen, as I was putting this teaching together, I heard the Lord say, get rid of regrets. There's no regrets. Say goodbye to them. Even if they were real. Even if they were a failure. Even if you messed up bad. Who cares? I have today. His mercies are new every day. Every morning. I'm going to stop looking at the past and walking like this in the future because I'm too busy looking back at my regrets instead of looking what God has just in front of me. You can't see what's in front of you if you're busy looking back. Because you're going to live the regret of that thing. Let it go. Jeremiah is so clear about this in Lamentations 3. He said this, I remember my affliction and my wandering. He says, I remember it. That word remember means this, to keep record, to keep in remembrance. It means to make a memorial. How many of us have this memorial in front of us of all the regrets of our past? 
We've got this memorial, this idol that God says, break that thing down. Don't bring that into remembrance. God says, I keep no records of your wrong. Why are you keeping records of your wrong? And what happens, it becomes this memorial. It begins to identify who you are instead of saying who you are in Christ. You are not identified with your past anymore. He said, I remembered my afflictions and my wanderings, my mistakes, the bitterness and the gall or the bitter poison. I well remember them. Listen to this. Do I have that verse? Do we not have that one? I'll keep reading it. I remember them. What? My, there we go. Let's read that again. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness of my gall, and I well remember them, and my soul is what? Downcast within me. See, when you keep looking back, when you have that memorial, your soul is downcast within you. There's a present heaviness that you're carrying and you wonder why you aren't feeling the joy and feeling the breakthrough and seeing what God has to see because you've got this memorial. God says, tear it down. Tear it down. Wave goodbye to the past. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Let's just wave goodbye to it, right? Wave goodbye. Regrets, failures, mistakes, shortcomings, relationships, brokenness. Goodbye. I'm sealing that door with the grace of Jesus, and there is no more return. It is sealed to the day of redemption. Only thing I'm going to look back is see the people I'm winning to Jesus. I'm going to look back to the people that are being healed because I'm loving on them. I'm looking back and seeing the people that I'm inviting to church. That's the only thing I'm going to look back at. Amen. Not my regrets and not my past. I found this quote from Friedrich Nietzsche. No idea who it is, but I found this really good quote. Said this, when we are tired, we are attacked by ideas we conquered long ago. Let me read that again. When we are tired, when my soul is tired, we are attacked by ideas that we conquered long ago. See, there's things through the blood of Jesus. You've already conquered those things. You've already crossed that hurdle. You've already re been redeemed. You've been forgiven. Those people are out of your life. But when we're tired, when my soul is tired, those things creep right back into my soul. So number one, why are our souls heavy? They're heavy with hurts from the past. Number two, they're heavy with troubles in the present. I almost like don't even need to preach this point. I think we all get it. But I want to read this scripture verse in Job 4, 5. But now trouble comes to you. Trouble's knocking on our door every day, isn't it? Now trouble comes. There's a sick feeling of unsettledness. Of we don't really know what's going on. And the enemy's hitting us below the belt and things that really hurt us. But now trouble comes. And you are discouraged. It strikes you. And you are dismayed. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us has been just hit in the gut this year? Just hit in the gut. Things that took our breath away. Maybe there's things in the present that you look at your life and say, I didn't expect to be where I'm at right now. This is not what I thought my life would look like. I thought it would look different. I thought it would involve a really good-looking man of God <laughs> with a lot of money. He's coming, hallelujah. In the meantime, y'all got me, hallelujah. Right? And you feel stuck. 
And, you, you know, you think financially I thought I'd be further, further along. I thought I'd live in a better house. I, I thought all my life would be different. And there's things that you can't control today in the present, and you're carrying the heaviness. Amen. But you have to understand, you were born for such a time as this. You may not understand why you're at, where you're at, the season of your life, but God knows. And you were equipped for this moment, for such a time as this. Amen. Number three, why are our souls heavy? The past, the present, and number three, heavy with anxiety about the future. We're worried about the future. Amen. How can I pay the bills? I'm afraid of losing my job. What if I can't get it all done? What if I'm never going to get married? What if my marriage is never going to get fixed? What if my children don't serve God? What if my company fails? I think failure is so strong on the hearts of people right now. We're so overwhelmed with the future. And as I looked at scripture, we found that even Jesus was overwhelmed about the future. When Jesus was coming to endure the cross and the sin that was set before him, becoming sin for us, Jesus saw the future and his soul became heavy within him. Jesus knew that in that moment that your sin and my sin and the sin of the world would become on him, that his father would turn his back on him. The only one he lived for, the only one that he obeyed here on earth was his father, and that father was about to turn his back on him. Jesus was sorrowful about the future, not about laying his life down, because he did that willingly, but he was sorrowful about the separation of his father from him. And his soul cried out in that hour, that soul cried out, my God, my God, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why did you turn your back on me? Jesus understands the anguished soul. Mark 14 says, Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus can endure the sorrowful soul, amen. We have to get rid of the heaviness of the soul, the things that we're carrying, the failure. Listen, everything that I described is the past, the present, and the future. We are carrying probably bits and pieces of all of this, and we're wondering why we barely get our legs out of bed in the morning. We wonder why it's hard to serve God. And, if you, and I don't have time to go into this, but if you'll study Ezekiel and look it up, 10 verses 9 through 10, it talked about the vision of Ezekiel's wheel, and it was the wheel within the wheel. And you know what was so awesome? That wheel could go every direction, north, south, east, and west, every direction. God has every direction covered in your life. Everything that you struggled with, did, now, and in the future, God is there moving on your behalf. But if we're carrying this heavy soul, we feel like something's wrong. It's a sick feeling. How many of you, like, I, I'll just admit it, I lived in the principal's office. I had like a, my name tag was there. Definitely had visits there every day. I should have, you know, they just didn't aim me in the right direction. That's all. I talked in class too much. They should have put me in some class that got some outlet. But anyway. That's my excuse. But even as an adult, sometimes you get that sick feeling like, oh, I'm going to go to the principal's office again. It's like this just sick feeling, and you can't even identify what it is. You just wake up troubled. It's that happy soul. It's that sad soul. And some people of you think it's just the way that it is, and you learn to live with that heavy soul instead of finding freedom in Christ. Let me give you an example. I was talking to my mom one day, and I never saw it this way, but she was having a, I think she was having pain in her hip. 
and she was really struggling with it and praying over it. And I said, well, Mom, take an aspirin, you know, so, so you can get some relief. And she said, no, I don't want the immediate relief because I might do more damage to the pain if I'm not aware of what's going on. And I thought, boy, that was so wise in so many ways. We don't want to just cover it. Don't let your soul go find Oreos in the middle of the night. <laughs> Whatever your soul enjoys, don't do it temporary because you could be doing more harm. No, get real with God. God, my soul is heavy. David did that. He, he cried out to God. Everybody left him. Everybody abandoned him. Nobody believed him anymore. And yet he cried out to God. There's nothing wrong with getting real with God, that my soul is unhappy right now, God. We don't stay there. We pick ourselves up. We get our word from God and we move on. But you've got to give that heavy soul to God. Amen? You don't have to live with the heavy soul. Let's look again at what Jeremiah said in, Jer in Psalms 42. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? That's the question he asked. But look what he did. He started talking to his soul. He said, soul, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. What do we have to do? Yes, I'm downcast. But soul, you're going to rise up in the name of Jesus. Soul, you're going to be happy. You're going to be filled with joy. You're going to re reverse the, or speak the promises of God, what God has spoken over your life. It's time to talk to our soul. After David cried out to God when he lost everything, the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Nobody's going to knock on the door of your heart and encourage you. Maybe for a second, but you're going to need it again on the next phone call. Sometimes we just have to get up. I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I may be stomping my feet mad and aggravated, but this is the day the Lord has made. Amen. And I'm going to see the glory of God and see the joy of God. I'm going to speak to my soul to line up to my spirit, and then I will experience the day that my soul is leading me. Amen. Speak to your soul. Encourage yourself in the Lord. So what do we tell our soul? Three things very quickly this morning. Number one, to speak to your soul, remember God's faithfulness in the past. Every one of us, if you've been serving Jesus a certain amount of time, you can shift gears to what you're facing today and look back and say, but only God could have done that. Only God could have brought me out of that sin or that bondage. Only God could have put my marriage together. You may not be where you want, but you can look back and remember the faithfulness and the goodness of God. It's time to shift gears, amen? Quit looking at what we see and see and remember the goodness of God. If we look at Lamentations again about Jeremiah, it says this, I remember my afflictions and my wanderings, right? We read that. The bitterness and the gall. I remember them well, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, here's shift gears here. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his passions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Shift gears in your soul. Amen. Great is your faithfulness of God. Your mercies are new every morning. Your grace is new every morning. You fill my mouth with laughter and my lips with shouts of joy every morning. Why? Because the world strips it from you. 
and only God can give it back to you. Remember what God has done in your life. Amen? Your soul is heavy when we think about the negative things, but you rejoice when you remember the goodness of God. His mercies are new. Amen? God is faithful. You have to look back at the things that no human could have ever done in your life. Only God could have done. Remember those moments, right, so they can bring joy to your life. Remember when Christ saved you. Bring back the joy of your salvation. You know, we need to pray back that joy of ours. Remember when we first got saved? I listened to every radio preacher there was because back in the day it was radio. I, I had my notebook at my job, the radio low. I just wanted the word of God. I was so hungry. I would share Jesus with everybody. I'd serve in every department in the church. And sometimes we just need to get back to the joy of our salvation. Amen. Remember when God answered our prayer. Remember when you were sitting at home and a scripture just illuminated and it became revelation to you. Remember in a worship service when all hell was breaking loose but the worship song just began to minister to your soul and you wept. There's something that God has done in your past that you can bring into today. Amen. Even our opening scripture in Psalms 42. Let me go back there really quick. Psalms 42, when he talked about the deer pants for the streams of water, my soul pants for you, and where are you, God? Look at verse 4. In the middle of his heart being troubled, he said, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throngs. He said, even in my soul anguishing, I remember the days when I could worship God. I remember when I was happy and full of joy. Amen. We can look back and remember the goodness of God. Amen. Listen, you have two options this morning. You can look back and have every reason to have a heavy soul. You can do it. We can look back and have every reason to have heaviness of our soul. Or we can look back and see the faithfulness of God. Amen. It's one or the other. And how many would rather see the faithfulness of God? It's just like flipping a switch. Neither one takes more energy than the other. Only one of them wipes your soul out and one of them gives you joy back. Amen. Look at the faithfulness of God. Number two, how does our soul cry out? We remember the faithfulness of God in the past. Number two, we cry out to God in the present. This is the moment that you start crying out to God for the moment right now. Call your blessings in. Call the prophetic words that God has spoken over your life into the now. Amen. In Psalms 142, it says this. David said, I pour out my complaint before him before I tell my trouble. Before I tell him my trouble, I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am desperate in need. This is where God wants to hear your hearts cry. Amen. Get real with God. Just get real with God. We can fool a lot of people, but we're not fooling God. You're not fooling God. He already knows your soul is unhappy. So it's just time to say, God, I need my soul healed. I need peace back. I need joy back. And how do we do that? The Bible says, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. It's time to cast out. Amen. Some of you, just my grandpa used to say, go cuss at the trucks. Now, I'm not saying do that. I mean, you know. But if you have to walk through the woods, I come in the sanctuary or in my house and turn on the music. 
Wherever you got to go to get alone with God, give God what you're frustrated with. Give it to him. My soul is unhappy. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where I'm going, God. Allow that truth to come out so that God can pour his spirit back into you. But the longer you carry it, the heavier it will be. But as soon as you let it go, the peace and joy of God will flood your soul again. And you'll think, why the heck didn't I do that sooner? Because God is the only way. Amen. Cast it off. All right. Number three, trust in God's power for your future. So now we've covered all of them again. Trust God's power for your future. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. Guess what? Let me share a little secret with you. God's already in your tomorrow. He's already in tomorrow before you wake up and experience it. So let's invite him in, amen. Let's let him be the ruler of our day, the, the favor that you need at your job. Where things need to turn around in your favor, God can shift it for you when you bring him in your soul with expectations. Why? Because the power of God is in your future. Say power. power. The power of God is in your future. We close with this. 2 Chronicles 32 says this. Be strong and courageous. Do, this is Hezekiah. Hezekiah, king of Judah, said this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. What was he saying? You're facing an enemy. You aren't going to win. This is a battle you can't win in the natural. But he's saying be strong and courageous. No matter how big it looks, God is bigger. For there is a great power with us. Then be with them. You've got to remember you have the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, through you, on you. You've got a power that the world doesn't have. Let's stop bowing our knee to the fear on the agenda of the world and start rising up as the church of Jesus Christ. You are a breathing spirit of God. Start speaking life. Start speaking the word of God. Start speaking what God has to say over your life through the power of God. Who cares what the world is going through? I'm going to be blessed in the middle of it. I don't know how, but I'm going to be. The world may be crushed, but the church is going to rise up in a strength and a force. Why? Because the power of God is on our side. The enemy has already been defeated by God. He's already defeated. He's just raising up his little agenda, but God has the final say. Verse 8 says, with him is only the arm of the flesh. That's all they have. That's the battle. They've got their weaponry. That's all they got. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Woo! You may have that, that, that degree, but God is on my side. I'm going to be promoted in favor because God is on my side. we got to quit living in this natural mentality and start stepping into the supernatural. God fed thousands of people with two little fishes and bread. That's the supernatural. Quit looking at what we see. We need to see miracles like that happen. Amen. We have what God has, and that's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That power lives within you. Amen? Amen. Let's remind our soul. Go ahead, Quinny. Let's remind our soul, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. 
Remind your soul today. Why so downcast all my soul? I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord today. I want all of us just to close our eyes. God is healing our souls for this next season of miracles. We got to take the weight and the heaviness off of us. You got to take it off. Regret, disappointment, failure, none of that matters in God's sight right now. Some of you are carrying these bricks and these weights and you're just so overwhelmed. God says, give it to him. Throw your hands in the air like the old song goes. Wave them like you just don't care. Throw them in the air. Give it to God. Give your children to God. Give your finances to God. Give it all to the Lord because in this moment where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. So, Father God, we release that right now over every person in this room and watching online, over this church, God, the spirit of freedom and liberty. Heal our souls, Father God. Let the heaviness come off of us, Jesus. As we go home this week, bring back to remembrance this word and let us have an encounter with your spirit, an encounter with your presence, Lord God, that is not just soothing to the flesh, but God, a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit to break off the heaviness, to break off, Father God, these pressures of the world so that we can receive the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I release that presence of the Holy Spirit over every person, family, child, grandparents. If you pray in the Holy Spirit, just pray. If you don't, just say thank you, Jesus. Allow your spirit to awaken in this moment. God wants to rise in you in this moment. God wants to awaken you. He wants to stir your spirit up in this season. Some of you have just let the spirit of the Lord lay so dormant for so long. And God is saying, raise it up. Raise up the Holy Spirit in you. Raise up the power of God in you. You've got to quit looking at what you see and begin to see what God sees by the spirit. Jesus. Jesus. Now what I want you to do, I want you just to be still. Just be still. When God brings his prophetic, the tongues, God wants to speak to you now. Let him speak to you. Jesus. Give him ears to hear, Lord, what your spirit has to say. That still small voice, God, let it become clearer and louder. Just let God touch you. Let it go. Let it go in the presence of the Lord. Oh, Rakata.